Welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson. I'm here to encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you for joining in. Today's podcast is sponsored by Cunningham Financial Group. John Cunningham is a friend of mine and a brother in Christ, and he can help you with financial decisions and future planning. He's been a big help to me and my family, and I commend him to you. You can reach him at 205-913-1720. I am so thankful you're here, so let's get started. Hey, welcome back today. I hope you're doing well. I think we're going to have some fun with the concept we'll be toying with. I'm a big time travel nerd. So the idea of writing a letter today and sending it to a past version of myself is a scenario that has run through my head maybe a hundred times. So we're going to be digging in today on what that might look like for you and what your purpose for doing it would be. As we navigate through the fictional and hypothetical and ultimately come back to today, which is very real, there is at least one super crucial thing that you need to appreciate about your life right now. And I'll have a few practical things to say at the end to tie that together. But to help along the way, I want to introduce you to some lyrics of a song by Mercy Me called Dear Younger Me. I know we reserve the Christian music song lyrics for Thursday, shorter bonus episodes, but occasionally I run across a song that makes such an impact on me that I just need 20 minutes to talk about it instead of 10. But before we do that, let's play with this a little bit. Imagine you had this opportunity to write a letter today in the exact life you're living and send it back to yourself in the year of your choosing. I want you to take just a moment and decide when in your past you would send that letter. I think most of us would choose a period of time before something really bad happened, something that could have been avoided if we had known what to do. So in that case, the letter might say something like, you will come to a fork in the road, go left, do not go right, trust me on this. And maybe it's not even a bad decision that you made, but a circumstance where something bad happened. In which case you would say, be sure and make this life decision, not that one, so that this evil thing does not happen to you. I can't speak for you, but I think I would also put in some positive things. Some things that I would want to happen again, or some things that I missed out on the first time. I might say, on December 20th, 1995, when that cute girl walks in, go talk to her. Which, by the way, I did do the first time around, and we're getting close to 25 years of a pretty amazing marriage. But I also might write this. As soon as you hear the term Bitcoin, go buy some. That is something I did not do, but if you and I chose to do that, we would be very, very wealthy. And I think when I play through these scenarios, I imagine sending that letter through some time travel tube, and then instantly my life is changed. And all of the good things are still here. I still have this wife and family and work with this wonderful church. All of the bad things go away, and I have a billion dollars in the bank. So maybe as you listen to this or think through your own scenario, you can pick up on some of the personal flaws with it. Firstly, and perhaps most importantly, it's all very carnal, isn't it? It's about avoiding some physical or emotional pain in this life and padding my bank account. The details that I gave you had no reference to faithfulness or a relationship with Jesus or living for heaven, or serving in the church. 
Now, if you're a Christian, you might say, well, there's a reason for that, because I am a Christian today. I don't need to go back and tell myself to become something that I already am. I just want to fix some of the little injustices and troubles along the way. But that reveals the second level of foolishness. Why is it that we believe that we could go back and fix all of the bad things and keep all of the good ones? Wouldn't we be putting everything in jeopardy? In order to change the pathway of your life, might it change the pathway of all aspects of your life? Could I come back with a billion dollars but not married to the love of my life? Is it possible that I avoid all kinds of unnecessary trouble but never find myself at the foot of the cross begging for mercy? And that leads to a question that I will come back to at the end of the episode. Would you want to go back and change anything about your life if it put into jeopardy the saved relationship you enjoy with Jesus today? I'm not assuming the answer or telling you what the answer should be. There very well may be people who are dealing with such difficulty and pain that it would be worth the risk, the risk of forfeiting the good in this life and maybe even some of the eternal treasures of goodness, just to stop hurting. Well, that leads me to the lyrics of this song, Dear Younger Me, that opens up in such a relatable way and ends with a conclusion that honestly I didn't see coming, but I really hope I would emulate. Dear Younger Me, where do I start? If I could tell you everything that I have learned so far, then you could be one step ahead of all the painful memories still running through my head. I wonder how much different things would be, dear younger me. Dear younger me, I cannot decide. Do I give some speech about how to get the most out of your life? Or do I go deep and try to change the choices that you'll make because they're the choices that made me? Even though I love this crazy life, sometimes I wish it was a smoother ride, dear younger me. Now, let me just pause a moment and say how relatable all of that is. We know so much more now than we knew then. We all know what it's like to live with painful memories that we wish weren't there. And there would be this temptation to give a detailed roadmap around them. But then the author of this song takes it in an entirely different and powerful direction. I'll just go ahead and read the rest of the song. If I knew then what I know now, Condemnation would have had no power. My joy, my pain would have never been my worth. If I knew then what I know now, would have not been hard to figure out what I would have changed if I had heard, dear younger me. It's not your fault. You were never meant to carry this burden beyond the cross, dear younger me. You are holy. You are righteous. You are one of the redeemed. Set apart a brand new heart. You are free indeed. Every mountain, every valley, through each heartache you will see. Every moment brings you closer to who you were meant to be, dear younger me. You are holy. You are righteous. You are one of the redeemed. Set apart a brand new heart. You are free indeed, dear younger me. Man, what a wasted letter. A golden opportunity squandered. Nothing about staying in school or avoiding those friends, speeding down that back road, or missing out on Apple or Bitcoin, 
or asking that girl out on a first date. All of this knowledge, this ability to change so many things, and you didn't write any of them. Instead, the song says there will be mountains and there will be valleys. You will have a lot of heartache, but please listen carefully, younger me. Every high and every low will bring you closer to who Jesus has remade you to be. I'm not writing you asking you to do something different to affect our future. I'm writing you to free you of guilt, of shame, of carrying burdens. I don't want you to invest in some stock so I can be rich. I want you to understand how richly blessed you are in Jesus right now, whether you're 18 or 28 or 40. You are holy and righteous and redeemed. Christ has set you apart, given you a new heart, and freed you. Well, I don't know about you, but I feel punched in the gut. I was trying to get better things from a younger me, and this guy's trying to give a younger version of himself the kindest gift of all. In my own words, I hope that if I wrote a letter back to a teenage me, I would say, Chris, you have given your life to Jesus. He has set you free. You don't have to carry any shame or humiliation or doubt. Chris, you don't have to go out there and prove to the world who you are or get what's yours. And honestly, every time you try to do that in your life, separate from rejoicing in who you are as a Christian, you will always to some degree regret it, whether it goes good or bad. Be saved. Be His. There is no peace you will ever find in your life that isn't provided to you in connection with Christ. If I'd have known then what I know now, I would have stretched my hands out, closed my eyes, and fallen backwards into His arms long ago. That is who you agreed to be in Him. And while life will have ups and downs, as long as that's where you find yourself, you will be fine. Now, I realize as I say that, that you may be dating a letter back to yourself before you were a Christian, in which case I hope you wouldn't waste ink talking about avoiding some bad job you took or investing in some property, but instead you would say everything you're searching for in this life, everything you think you have to go out and get for yourself will lead to a dead end until you find Jesus. He alone can give you what will be found nowhere else. He alone can make you what nothing else can. Everything in your life will get better, including your ability to handle all of the bad things that happened. As soon as you find him, and maybe your only real advice in the letter is to find him as early as possible and give him your life. Now again, the ending of the song came as a surprise to me. I'm listening, thinking, you can write anything in the world. What's it going to be? And the answer is, you are redeemed. Live like it. But it certainly had an impact on me. Because again, it made me feel very carnal and one-dimensional that I would write to avoid some pitfalls and get some gains. It reminds me that life has never really been about that, at least not under the New Covenant. I won't bore you with lengthy details here, but I've been doing some study from a book called Introduction to the New Testament by David De Silva. It is a textbook, so if you order it, please know that. 
but it explores what Jewish life was like in the hundreds of years leading up to Jesus and in the decades that followed, and how Jesus came to make some fundamental changes beyond just the changing of the blood from animals to his own. Under the old law, they had what was called a Deuteronomistic view of life. Basically, it meant that if you did the right thing, good things happened here. If you serve God, then you get to live a long time. If you do what is right and make good decisions, you get land and houses and victory in war. And honestly, I think a lot of that abides in us in the American culture, where we think that the objective is to have good health, long lives, prosperous homes. But then comes Jesus to change out that covenant with the new one that is called the apocalyptic view, which says, hey, that may be what happens for you. You may make good choices and reap a long life and great rewards, but probably not, because that's not what this promise is about. In fact, if you serve me, you may live a shorter life. You may lose your property. Making good decisions may actually hurt you in this life. But what you get out of it is eternal life. You get a relationship with me, a spiritual one, that lasts through your last breath into eternity, forever in heaven. So I am a little bit afraid that we want the new covenant concept of Jesus' powerful blood over the blood of animals but we kind of want the Old Testament concept of I do the right things and life on earth is awesome. I think we need to be careful with that. And not just in the fictional hypothetical of writing a letter to a younger you, but you may have children in your life or grandchildren. That's real. They really are building a future here. And while I get go left instead of right to make your life better, Make this good investment and reap rewards. While I get that, I think we need to be getting a lot less of that and a lot more, well, every mountain, every valley, through each heartache you will see, every moment brings you closer to who you were meant to be. You are holy. You are righteous. You are one of the redeemed. Set apart a brand new heart. You are free indeed. This may mean giving advice to younger versions of you who happen to be your children or people that you get to influence who still have a lot more life to live. But our choices will be about our walk in Jesus and nothing will be prescribed that would put that in jeopardy. And that's sort of the other takeaway from all of this for me. I wouldn't want to do it. If I was given the chance to tell a younger version of me anything, knowing that it would put in jeopardy who I am as a child of God today, while it may make 10 other things better, I would not choose it. Because the fact that God's love has been poured into my life, Jesus' blood has cleansed my every guilt and shame, and the Holy Spirit dwells within my temple, means that this life has been whatever it needed to be to bring about the best possible result. Do you believe that? I hope that you do. Maybe it turns this whole episode on its head. Maybe you started out depressed going, oh, my life's got all of this going on. Sure wish I could write that letter, but of course I can't. So now I just feel worse about myself. Hopefully you've left all that behind. Would you trade in any of the scars, any of the bad memories or mistakes if it led down a path that was further from Jesus than you are now? 
So I'm going to ask that question in its most extreme environment this coming weekend. And if they will allow me, I will try to provide you some of the results as soon as I can. There are about a dozen men who have been baptized here at the Lindell Church in 2022. All of them reside at a facility in Tyler, a voluntary facility for addicts, for people who have just lost everything and are trying to find purpose in their lives. One of the men at this church started going there to teach the gospel, and it's led to conversions and new relationships and a lot of really good things. I wonder what those guys would say, who, by the way, do in fact have stories that would cause you to openly sob if you have any heart at all. What would they say if the question went like this? You can write a letter back to yourself at any point and give advice on what you should or should not do. But know this, if you do that, there is a strong likelihood that you are not sitting at this kitchen table with me today. That your life led to all sorts of really great things, but on a pathway that did not find Jesus. Is that a risk you would be willing to take? I'll be very interested to hear their responses. Our study is going to be in Ephesians 1 about being predestined to be redeemed in Jesus. But as I bring that up, I realize that most of these men have had bad things happen to them that they could not control. There is no point in their past when they could have stopped what happened to them. And honestly, that may be true for you as well. And of course, they may could change things, live better lives, and find Jesus. And also, whatever answer they provide is perfectly fine. They're new Christians and we're working through our growth. But in the end, what I want them to see is, no matter what happened to you in this life, right here and now, you are holy, you are righteous, you are one of the redeemed. You are set apart with a brand new heart and you are free indeed. I want them to believe that it's okay. What happened is okay. The path not taken, that's okay. Because there is nowhere it could have taken you better than who you are now, who you are now surrounded by, and who you will be forever. But look, they're not the ones I'm talking with today. I'm talking with you. And I'm asking you to go all in with what Jesus brought to us. The apocalyptic view that if we have him, we may have to forfeit things that the world wants. But there is no more blessed place to be in the universe than in his church. And maybe the only message you would give yourself if you could send information back is kind of like marriage is, for me at least. I got married at the age of 18. And if I had known what it was going to be like, I would have done it sooner. So there it is. Fall into the arms of Jesus. Build every hope around his promises because there is nothing more blessed in this life. So run to Jesus now, dear younger me. Thank you so much for joining in today. If you enjoyed this program, consider sharing it with your family and your friends. And if you're just in search of deeper Bible study or you want to share the message of Jesus with the children in your life, remember to go to creation2revelation.com. This wonderful company, run by Christians, provides beautiful illustrations of Scripture from beginning to end, putting the spotlight on Jesus. And remember this, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, excel still more.